This is John Silamparis, MFT. The podcast is Mindfulness for the Soul. Thanks for tuning in again. Today's topic is the loneliness epidemic, a new adolescent crisis. We often talk about how the pandemic has affected the adult population, but since the onset of the pandemic, the emotional fallout for adolescents has been particularly cruel. Here's why. At just the age when they are biologically inclined to seek freedom and independence from their families and begin to establish a sense of self, many were trapped at home and disconnected from their friends and contacts. Many became restless and scared, living with persistent uncertainty about their immediate future. And with school closures and social distancing mandates implemented across the country, loneliness and isolation took center stage. Accessibility to the outside world was mostly conducted via social media with dubious benefits. According to the New York Times, in the last decade, there has already been a significant deterioration in the mental health of adolescents. The CDC reports that in 2019, 13% of adolescents reported having suffered a major depressive episode, which is a 60% increase from 2007. Emergency room visits by children and adolescents also rose sharply for anxiety, mood disorders, and self-harm. This massive deterioration in mental health was naturally deepened by the COVID pandemic. The increase in mental illness cases did not discriminate. It cut across all racial and ethnic groups and socioeconomic divides. Numerous hospitals and doctor groups have called it a national emergency citing rising levels of mental illness, a severe shortage of therapists and treatment options, and insufficient research to explain the trend. That's kind of scary. We are all accustomed to hearing how the large number of mental illness cases amongst adolescents is credited partly to the escalation of social media. But the problem goes even deeper than that. According to John Leland of the New York Times, the paradox is obvious. People are more connected now than ever through phones, social media, Zoom, yet loneliness continues to rise among the most digitally connected teenagers and young adults. Loneliness nearly doubled between 2012 and 2018, even as social media use exploded. This fact predates the beginning of the pandemic. That's important to remember. Research shows that teenagers as a group are also sleeping less, exercising less, and not getting their vital socialization needs met on a day-to-day basis. And central for healthy development and maturation, they have been deprived of important adolescent social milestones like establishing friendships, cultivating peer support groups, defining interpersonal boundaries, and most importantly, identity formation In addition, the pandemic isolation has regressed teenagers and disrupted their ability to learn and master emotional regulation skills and how to manage and resolve everyday conflicts. These are really important skills to have. Puberty can be an emotionally sensitive time and navigating the often demanding road to young adulthood is tricky at best. This kind of disruption leads to what we used to call quote, arrested development, when the transition from childhood to adulthood 
is uncharacteristically interrupted or never realized. The combination, I'm sorry, the combined result of some adolescents is a kind of cognitive implosion, anxiety, depression, compulsive behavior, self-harm, and even suicide. Teens today are also exposed to more minute-to-minute -minute trauma simply by owning a smartphone. In the palm of their hand, they can instantly witness horror and tragedy all over the world and are bombarded 24-7 with news and information that is not always healthy to have access to. Sometimes the convenience of having instantaneous news is not always a good thing. Older generations remember that before social media and the advent of smartphones and even the internet, whatever crisis and atrocities were going on nationally or internationally, we were basically shielded from it. Does that mean that we were safer being less informed? Maybe living healthier means practicing news hygiene and limiting our exposure to local and world events that don't directly impact us? That's a tough call. I'm not so sure about that. Loneliness, according to the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, has real consequences to our health and well-being. Being lonely, like other forms of stress, increases the risk of emotional disorders like depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. Less obvious, that also puts people at risk of ailments that seem unrelated, like heart disease, cancer, stroke, hypertension, dementia, and premature death. Which, if you think about it, is ironic since we are asking people to stay safe by isolating, yet the isolation can be causing us fatal consequences. It's becoming very confusing and the message are starting to get mixed up. But these are physical ailments that are unrelated. Are they really unrelated? Remember, when the brain is exposed to any type of stressor, even loneliness, it perceives it as a threat. Consequently, the fight or flight freeze response mechanism kicks in and a flood of uncomfortable and alarming feelings are activated for the organism to protect itself at any cost. Blood pressure levels rise and an increase in inflammation invades the body, which affects our ability to fight infections and viruses. So, Evolution has always been sending the right signals, but we don't always listen because we minimize loneliness and we don't take the misery of isolation seriously enough. As a result, we stigmatize people that open up about it. Hence, the human brain has evolved to induce humans to seek safety and shelter in large groups. We as humans don't do loneliness very well especially when there is a crisis or we have suffered a loss. That's why group activities like funerals, memorials, and death observances of all kinds are so important. That's why support groups, family gatherings, weddings, celebrations, etc. are crucial to being human. Needing our connections to others is like needing oxygen. Since the pandemic began in March 2020, Many adolescent patients I have treated have also reported feeling cheated of the professed time of their lives because they were deprived of high school graduation ceremonies and after parties. 
and in September, many were forced to spend their college freshman year attending classes virtually from their homes. For many, this was non-negotiable. Dr. Stephanie Cacciopo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, an assistant professor of psychiatry and behavioral neuroscience at the University of Chicago says that, quote, even if life returns to the way it was before the pandemic, it is unclear how far the loneliness of the past two years will lift the scars it might leave. For example, for college students who are back on campuses across America, college is not what they expected it to be. Social isolation was reduced, but a form of loneliness has lingered." Unquote. In his new book, Strength to Strength, author and philosopher Arthur C. Brooks tells us that loneliness is not the same as being alone because no one can be emotionally and socially connected to others while being alone. In fact, being alone is critical to one's emotional well-being and peace of mind. Some people are happiest when they are by themselves. However, since the pandemic, we are seeing the trends changing in adolescents and young adults. The scales have tipped and we are getting too much of the alone part. These days, loneliness, even if you are chatting online with your friends or you're on, on the phone or on a Zoom call, still feels like being alone. The line is slowly blurring and the only remedy is how seriously we begin to recognize the dangers of isolation and how often we choose to physically spend time with others. It's really up to us and how comfortable we feel. Murthy states that if we truly want to be a healthy, happy, fulfilled society, we have to restructure our lives around people. Right now, our lives are centered around work. Connected people live longer, healthier lives, so a shift is in order, starting in our homes and our workplaces. For teenagers, perhaps it is centered too much around academics, achievement, and performance. Maybe we are sending the wrong message. Perhaps a successful person is not someone who makes oodles of money and achieves great things in life. Perhaps a successful person is someone who has meaningful relationships in his or her life and is able to access those relationships. Brooks continues, the U.S. Health Resources and Services Administration has declared a loneliness epidemic, specifically citing the increasing phenomenon of no participation in social groups, fewer friends, and strained relationships. For healthcare companies, Loneliness is driving up costs and it's estimating to increase Medicare spending up to $6.7 billion and cost employers more than $154 billion annually in stress-related absenteeism. That's incredible. In time, I hope we can all stand up to loneliness together and learn to focus on each other more. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mindfulness for the Soul. Be well and be safe. Thank you.